1: U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.
0: It's just weird when you transition into week one. You know, I do all the same columns I do. I dust them off and all of a sudden the summer's over and it's week one. It's really weird.
1: Yeah, I know it is. It'll take a week or two to get into the routine, but uh, it'll definitely get monotonous soon enough. But, yeah, I know it's definitely a transition. I'm ready for the season to start. Honestly, I'm like an overkill. I did the opposite of you, and I, I went too many leagues. I haven't even had the audacity to count yet. But I, I'm, I'm reaching the point of, of too many, man. Reached, uh, so I'm, I'm ready for the season to start.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't like it, having too many. That, having few is so nice. I just have, like, my investments, and I just manage those couple of teams – I just hate the way in, when you have so many leagues, like a couple teams fall off and you just kind of neglect them and you get this graveyard of teams that you're like half-assing, show up and do a couple just perfunctory, go through the motions, lineup moves, but you know your team's like three and seven, you know, it's not going anywhere. It's not good. It's just ridiculous. Like, and then you have all these zombie teams that you're managing for the two or three that are crushing it. And then, you know, then you take those seriously. It's just, it's just, it's not right you got to go in with the number that you're going to take every single one of them seriously.
1: Yeah, I just for some reason ended up doing five uh, in-person drafts this year too, which is oh, – sorry, six. I forgot the auction in Vegas in person that is just so fun to do it <clears throat> to do it in person. And this last week I did a Silver Bullet one, which is the only single entry big buy-in an FFC that was really intense. I ended up with Elliott, the third pick. There, and then we just did a Team Huevos one together. We can talk about that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying for sure, and I'm saying that I'm I, exhaustion, but, uh, man, it's just so 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 damn fun, though, too.
0: It's fun to do the drafts. That, that's for sure. Yeah,
1: it really is. It really is.
0: So your uh, beat Chrysalis two now, uh, well, it's got some good news and bad news. The good news is Elliott at pick six is, like, ridiculous. I would actually take him over McCaffrey at pick two. So I picked McCaffrey at two. You got Elliott at six. I would, I would trade those guys straight up, even in full PPR. Certainly, yeah, I moved,
1: I moved Elliott to number one on my board. I didn't think that was anything weird, though. Was it?
0: No, I, I mean I have Barkley, okay. but I don't. I wouldn't. You know, that's the only right. other player that I would consider taking at one point okay. one. Okay. I wouldn't really consider taking anybody, but if I if I had to, if you know, if Barkley were gone and I could pick from anyone else, it would definitely be Elliott without question. But then LaShawn McCoy signs and your Damon Williams everywhere gets crushed. Oh, yeah. It may everywhere. not be, but, you know, it's, it's very precarious now. His situation is way more precarious than it was.
1: Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, even, even if I'm like, I think McCoy might be washed. He might not be. Um, he has a lot of mileage. He's only 31, but he just started so young. Um, I'm just, last year his metrics were really bad. And he didn't pass the eye test, but he might have been playing hurt. And obviously his situation's so good. I just worry about the guaranteed money. They gave him. So obviously it, it hurts <laughs> the Damian Williams' is value, and I, I have so many shares of him. But in the aforementioned Silver Bullet League, that just meant instead of taking him in round two, I just couldn't help myself at the end of round three in the reverse pick at, at right. number three, which is probably dumb. But boy, I went all in there. I mean, talk about an upside pit play there. I took Elliott three uh, before being signed, Aaron Jones, and then Damian Williams in my first three picks.
0: It's the same guys you have in the beaker's list. You're just duplicating yeah, it. There you go. It yeah. never works out though. Like, I've done that a couple of years where I got Strasburg, Harper, and Stanton in every league. Cause I was like, you know what? This is like four years ago or five years. I was like, those guys could just like MVPs in both leagues and Cy Young and just go crazy. Actually, I think Harper and Stanton were in the NL at the time, but I thought it'd just go crazy. But of course, like, they all got hurt <laughs> and it's just, all those teams were terrible. Yeah. You know, and it's just. I sometimes like you know, this year, even though I've got some baseball teams doing well, I loaded up on Luis Severino after the injury. I got him before the injury and the team that's doing best, if only I'd taken someone else in the third round. And then I just loaded up in him in like the ninth and 10th round thinking he's going to come back in a month. And then I loaded up on Miguel Cabrera everywhere thinking, if these two dudes pop, like then I want to be strong across the board. It's just like DFS, right? If you have like a couple players on all your DFS entries, if they go crazy then it's fun to see how the various ones that you, you know, do for the other players. But when they're total duds, it uh, just puts you in a big hole. So we'll see. Yeah, at it least it, it not never works volatile. out when I go all in on, on players, though.
1: At least I'm not volatile players. You know, a guy coming off a holdout, uh, Damian Williams, 50 carry Damian Williams, who now has to compete with touches, and Aaron Jones. At least those aren't, aren't any
0: right. low-floor well, guys.
1: Do. But you're just, you're just yeah, I mean. I, I, I hear you, and I like to divers- diversify. And I told you, I'm in so many damn leagues. It's going to be in between like 15 and 20. I-, I promise, I will be. Of course, I'm not going to treat them all the same. But what do you do there? Do I actively try? I mean, even when I try to, uh, if I if I just find their, because I just bought Damian Williams, even in the waveless league with you, I just thought the price is too low. So, do you actively try if you were in more than the, you know you're comfortable? Would you go out of your way to diversify, or if you just they just continue to jump out on your sheet, do you end up with you know a portfolio with 90% Damian Williams?
0: I mean, I think you just take it if it falls. I don't think third round is falling, though. I think it would be fourth or fifth at this yeah. point. So I don't think yeah. well, you no, check... I
1: it. No, I meant mostly how I already, you know, in the second round for me. But, yeah, yeah, I, I've only had one share since the McCoy thing. But you're right. If I'm doing it there, I'm asking for it, no question. Right.
0: That's what I mean. Like, so, yeah, I mean, if it falls in your lap, you take it. And that's actually, then it might work out because you're, you're loading up, but you're loading up just because other people are idiots, not because you're the idiot, you know. So that's, that's usually the better way to do it.
1: Yeah. So uh, do you have any other thoughts on the Team Huevos? What do you want to talk about? You you came out with a couple, you know, your East Coast offense column, your beating the book column. Obviously, we'll talk about the games this episode. So where do you want to start, Liz? How are your baseball teams doing? All that stuff.
0: So my team went from fourth place overall yesterday to ninth yesterday. Uh, It's not that it sounds worse than it is. It was just, there's a lot of teams really close. So, you know, I could easily be back in fourth or third if I have a big night. I just saw Paxton go off and, and what's his name on the Cardinals? who's just going crazy. John Flaherty, just going crazy down the oh, stretch. Oh, yeah.
1: And yeah, he, Flaherty's a monster at home and he, yeah, against the Giants, of course. Yeah. Seen them. them and so,
0: like, you know, people who had those guys rocketed up, including in my main event that I was up by, like, 10 points, Now I'm up by, like, two and a half. So it's getting tight, you know, but I'm not sweating it too much. I'm trying to enjoy it, not getting tilty. You know, I'm, I'm making the moves. Remember that Homer Bailey Adam Plutko move that worked out actually. I think Plutko oh, had nice. a bad second outing, and Bailey didn't get a win, but he ball he he totally dealt against the Yankees.
1: Crazy, uh, Bailey fantasy relevant and like Giovanni Gallardo out of the league. I remember back then when they were always compared. Um, yeah, Bailey looks all right. That's cool. So you're still definitely within striking distance if you're top ten with you know this much time left.
0: Yeah, really. Third place is like very very close, but the the first two guys, especially the first guy, is a decent. You know, I'd have to have a really nice run for a couple of weeks. It's totally doable, but there's a little bit of a gap between uh...
1: – I have Mac, Max Muncy on my main event team, so that was a blow. That guy uh, uh, called out when I made the pick uh, by Mike Mouth, ever the worst pick of the draft, and that guy was just absolutely bawling. And uh, now now done for, for the final month, so that sucks. But uh, baseball, baseball. I are mean, you, are, you, are, you, are you looking at the box score with the same enthusiasm, or is it getting like the dog days ready for baseball? No, no, because, no. Because, man, it's, it's, a, it's a grind, dude.
0: I love looking at the box score in baseball. Yeah. I love it. I mean, it sucks like this, this morning when I woke up and I had garbage. It's terrible to see all the over threes and over fours. But uh, I am really uh and I'm just, man, it's crazy. And my main event is first place, like forty-third, forty-fifth overall. And I've got like Ronnie Rodriguez as my first baseman. And <laughs> he's got, available like,
1: in a couple of days out there. I saw that. Yeah, nice. How's he doing? He's he like the best hitter on that team.
0: Yeah, he's terrible. But I, I just I have Joey Gallo who just won't come back and like I Got to put some. No, in there. I mean,
1: Ronnie Rodriguez. He's the best hitter on the Tigers, I'm saying.
0: He, uh, he sucks, though. I mean, everybody on that team sucks. That's, that team's the worst team in baseball. Who else? You know is what the, team oh, has? Uh, by uh, Dylan Moore.
1: WRC. By Dylan... far the lowest WRC plus over the last month. Which team has by far?
0: Yeah, you said the Royals, right?
1: No, you know who does now, over this last month. Tigers. The Rangers.
0: Really? I know. I have Danny Santana, and he's been uh, crapping the bed
1: lately isn't that weird i wouldn't have guessed that especially you know and i know it doesn't that you know it counts for the the park or whatever but that's still pretty pretty interesting sorry i cut you off the list go go ahead
0: anyway i just got a bunch of screw you know i'm picking up whoever i can i mean that's what you got to do down the stretch you know you got to september you got to get those at bats in there and a 15 teamer it's not always easy just by some miracle i picked up a ristides aquino and got all his home runs from the first day he got started yeah, God, Travis Darno so has been crushing home runs for me, in, in both of those two, it just—it's such a crazy—it's such a crazy game, man. Baseball, I'm—I'm I'm enjoying it, but
1: well, how roller coaster doesn't get more roller coaster than Jose Ramirez? I mean, even—even even remembering when he's carted off back to spring training, yeah, I twice. mean, it's the most roller coaster season twice. I can remember.
0: He had two two like foul balls off his leg. That first one looked really serious, but the second one looked like he could be out a while too. Just missed a couple days, started going crazy in the summer.
1: Worst hitter ever while playing, you know, don't forget that part, horrible while hitting. And then, then monster for how long was that stretch? It's
0: like a month and a half. He just crushed it. It was funny because I probably said this in the last podcast, but when I, when I came back to Lisbon in in late August, August 25th, I, and I plugged my computer back into the monitors, I hadn't, I don't, I guess like when you restart your computer, like the browser reopens, I don't know, something, or maybe I didn't shut it down properly, but my standings for the league that I'm in now, ninth overall, were up from July 7th when I left. And <laughs> I was in second place, a good like eight or ten points behind the guy in first. I was probably in like 400th or 300th or something overall. And I was just like, wow, that was just the month and a half I was gone. You know, it just completely changed. So th- that was a different league than the Jose Ramirez one, but it was kind of a every day checking the box score and the guys were bawling, you know, every single day. It just never happens. Sometimes I like pinch myself. I'm like, this is some sort of weird dream I'm having. You know, the rug's going to get pulled out from under me any second because you don't yesterday was, I mean, this morning was bad. The box scores, when I checked them, but you don't go like 20 days out of 22 with everybody and your teams, your two main teams killing it. That just doesn't happen. You know, like baseball is mostly misery. I couldn't believe it.
1: Our lead in League of Leagues fluctuates from like 13 to 16 points, and I was kind of, you know, debating if I I didn't pull off any moves at our trade deadline. But you're right, a month left still, a lot can happen, as you just said, in six weeks. So you really, the standings could easily move, you know, double-digit points easily.
0: Yeah, I've had a couple of catastrophic collapses. One of them was in that Card Runners League for 10K that I was in first place by a mile on like September 1st, and I finished second. Everybody got hurt. It was an AL only though. So like when guys get hurt or get shut down, there's nothing you can do. There's no moves you can make. And then once it was an NL only league, I was up by like 20 points, something in late August. And it was the same thing. It just total collapse. And I remember the guy I was going against this 2001 had Tony Womack on his team. You remember Tony Womack? Of course. Of course. Yes. Stolen base guy. Yep. Tony Womack hit three home runs in a game for him.
1: Oh man, that guy probably yeah. No, I imagine him as he just probably a had twenty five home
0: runs in his career. And yeah. he had three home runs yeah. in a game. Diamondbacks.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. that's crazy. And
0: I just, it was just unbelievable what happened. It's just, you know, there's yeah. so much time. It's an eternity till the end of the season. I'm just gonna keep, just keep making moves. You know, try to be alert, try to make the best decision. You know, it's just sort of like it's all you can do. Nobody yeah. knows. <laughs> the good thing about that
1: Muncie getting hurt is I actually had uh, luck stashed in like four leagues, so uh, that guy could be a monster right away. Too bad Lewis Robert, that prospect in the White Sox, apparently he's not getting called up. He looked like a beast too, but yeah, baseball, I hear you. I'm glad you're still super into it and good luck with the, good luck with the finish there. Uh, So you want to talk about one of your columns? Get to the games. What do you want?
0: Sure. I mean, there's nothing really in the East coast offense. I mean, I made 20 bold predictions and like, you know, they're, they're mostly stuff we've talked about, but I got, I'll just throw out a couple. We don't have to go through all of them because it'll take too long. Sounds good. All right, you ready? So one I'm Barkley ready. will be within 100 yards of Chris Johnson's all-time yards from scrimmage record. Chris Johnson had 2,509 yards from scrimmage in 2009. The only people ever to pass 2,400 yards from scrimmage in a season are Marshall Falk, 1999, and Chris Johnson, 2000, 1999, 2009. By the way, numerology would say... That, ni- that 2019 would be the next uh, the next one. I've thought of that now, 99, 2009. Now it's 2019, and Saquon he's just gonna get like 290 carries and 90 catches, and they're gonna be for ridiculous average you know plays because he busts so many big ones. I just think like he's like the best bet to challenge those records of anybody in the last couple of years.
1: That's a lot of yards, crazy Chris Johnson's uh, career. Yeah, I would say that's a bold statement, especially. Um James Coe, was, uh, I think it was a tweet that showed his, his, his lack of production in stack box last year. And it was kind of staggering. His yards per carry ranked compared to other backs among the last. Uh, and he's theoretically going to see a bunch of stack box with that offense uh, this season. So what is your counter to that?
0: Dude, it's just such bullshit. Like that kind of analysis. I'm sorry. You know, no offense to the guy. I don't really know him. But this is such bullshit. Like, come on. Saquon Barkley is an amazing running back. The He's just pointing out
1: game. a stat, by the way. I know. You're that's not
0: saying not, tack- There's nothing to say to that. You know, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, that stuff just doesn't move the needle. I mean, go watch a football game. I don't know. It's just like, Saquon Barkley is a monster. It's like, oh, but when they stacked the box, he did da-da-da-da. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know, so he got tackled a bunch of times. The, the offensive line also got a lot better as the year went on, and they added a, you know, top 10 or 12-ish guy in Kevin Zeitler from the Browns. So. They should be a good offensive line this year.
1: Yeah, Zeitler's going to hurt my, my Nick Chubb love, uh, the Browns offensive line there. Um, all right, you got any others? What are the others?
0: Yeah, uh, well, I've already, you know, Patrick Mahomes at 45 passing TDs. Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, so
1: you say he'll be the first. Well, I just want to counter, just give you a little shit. Uh, he'll be the first to do it ever, but he's already done it. So is it so bold?
0: Well, no, I'm, I'm not saying it's bold. That, I'm not saying I didn't predict he's going to do it back to back. That's not my prediction. I said that he's going to do it this year. That's the prediction.
1: Right, that's what I'm saying. Is that is it? Nec- that's why I'm giving you a hard time. that's not necessarily bold. Did you predict what do you it mean? last year?
0: What's the Vegas over under for his touchdowns?
1: Yeah, I don't know what is it.
0: Thirty six and a half.
1: Yeah, so uh, nearly nine. over. How many did yeah, I just say okay, he would that's have? that's Pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, is it really only thirty six? That does seem pretty low. Then all right, if it's nine more, that's bold. That's fair.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, there's one that is not bold. We can get to it later, but okay. it's definitely bold, dude. Forty five <laughs> touchdowns. It's happened like. What, like seven times ever? Right. All
1: right. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right, though. I, I'm with you on that one. I think okay. you will. I'm totally with
0: you. Juju top three in catches and yards among receivers.
1: Yeah, did I? Yeah. Did I hear it right that Roethlisberger, was it like the most passes ever he attempted last year? Is that no, true? No, no, no.
0: Was, was this the was, most I, I last Stafford season? Stafford had 700-something, yeah. but he, he okay. had a huge okay. margin from number two. Right. 50 okay. more passes okay. than number two. Yeah, uh, oh, I'm with you
1: on Juju. I don't, I don't buy it at all. The worry of like you know Antonio Brown's taking away yeah. the, the defense tonight. That's yeah. hilarious. Cares?
0: Baker Mayfield will throw 35 plus. You already project him for that anyway.
1: Yep, love him. Good nice. Yeah, love Duke, your next one too.
0: Duke Johnson, top 15 PPR. I mean, come on. All he's got to do is get the carries he's projected for.
1: Yeah, I'm regretting not taking him with the fourth round in that uh, the silver bullet, but just put my fourth back. But I'm moving him up to my 15th back right now. I, I'm with, that's where I have him right now, Frank. So totally with you here. I mean, the worry was they're going to bring in Kenyon Drake. Instead, they upgrade their left tackle. I mean, and bring in Carlos Hyde's carcass, as, as you say. Right. I mean, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect.
0: It's a good situation. Giants will win at least seven games this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's all right. You started So this is when the, the third drink kicked in?
0: No, it's just, dude, people, I don't think I'm being a homer. I don't think, it's not not like I'm saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, although for the record, they are 200 to 1 if you want to put that money down. But Eli sucks, but Eli sucks because he's the type of guy that cannot function if there's pressure. He's only good, he's only serviceable if everything's perfect. And it's going to be way better this year, the scheme and the offensive line. Everything's going to be... In better shape this year for him to perform and that's not a good QB somebody that needs conditions to be perfect but I think he's above the floor as bad as he is of an NFL QB that when things are perfect he can move the ball like it'll it'll be okay the offense so I think like all, right. all the offensive players are, are going to be fine.
1: You know, it, when I was actually in Vegas, I could not find any of the big lines. Like you know, the, I thought that it was the case. Once they lost their money on Kurt Warner and the Rams, they don't allow it. And then we talked about it even on the XM show. You know, the the Dolphins. You know, if you you know, if you squint hard enough, things could go right. But when I was actually there, it wasn't realistic. Well, you're you the MGM, or you at the like Westgate. Sixty. I mean, I shopped. I walked all around the Strip. But I mean, it would be it would be interesting if Did you could go get to the Westgate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went. That's where he signed up for the uh, Super Contest. Oh, and yeah. so you
0: didn't, you didn't see any uh, long shots. No,
1: either? there were no no long shots available. No, unfortunately, okay. I have two hundred to one. I, I, I would be with you there. in An all NFL right. team. I, I would. I mean, I'm with you on that one. But seven games. All right, I'll definitely give you bold. But uh, what's next?
0: All right, Drew Brees will not be a top fifteen fantasy QB. We talked about
1: that. Yeah, so. I, yeah, we talked about that. I'm with you too. All
0: right. At least this is not bold, but it's. I, I titled the. The section non-obvious picks. I don't think it's obvious to people, but I agree it's not bold. It's like Giants, Redskins, Lions, Cardinals, Raiders, Bengals, Bills, and Dolphins. One of those teams, at least, will make the playoffs. Obviously, they're all underdogs individually, huge underdogs individually, but collectively, I think one of them will probably make it.
1: Yeah, so I know Pianowski gave you shit in the comments, and um, I think you gave him some, some snark back, but I, I – mean, um, yeah, Dude,
0: I wrote right underneath the thing. While individually, every team is a major dog. Collectively, they might even be a favorite. And he writes, look up the odds. You know, get some help yeah. to see that that's not a I – didn't, I didn't say every single pred- prediction was negative EV. I just – I titled them non-obvious. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I get his point, but I totally get why you included it here, because I think by, when you read it, it definitely seems like no way. Like, that's just the first instinct, right. you know, your first instinct is, that is crazy, it, there's yeah. no way, and, and I, I think that one actually stands yeah. out and as far it's as like, no I, way, like, that, no way.
0: I just, I really appreciate the help on the math, though. Oh, you know, here's a, here's somebody to help you with your remedial math struggles. Here, it <laughs> Like, no, sorry, dude. Yes, I grasp, I grasp the uh, the math. Thank you. Thanks for the help.
1: Even looking at it, though, I'm like, you know, like I, I, like, I don't see it. You, you know? can't I mean, I, I see Maybe it, the Cardinals each, and Bills or something. Each team yeah, has you
0: know. like a 10% chance to make it, but collectively there's eight of them. So, you know, if you, probably like 60%, yeah. you know, or something like that when you do all the math.
1: All right Now, so now the drink started really kicking in here at the next one.
0: The Colts will make the playoffs in 2019.
1: Yeah, I know. I got your system. You're all about the system, which is fair. This that, is a, a great boy, test I'm of good. that theory. Great test. Great test.
0: All right. I mean, the rest of these are kind of boring. I I don't care about most of these. You know, we have our Greg Olson bet. We went over that. Most of these are kind of boring. Most of the stuff is stuff that I have already said. I I think, you know, a lot of interesting stuff, like the questions for this year, like one, Brissette, it's really going to test the system versus talent theory. Two, Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, Freddie Kitchens. That's going to be sick. I mean, I want to see that. I want to see what happens. And a three, just the Chiefs, like Mahomes, they're going to they're be ridiculous again. There's not, it's not slowing down. Forget about regression. Saquon Barkley with a better line. I mean, Saquon Barkley is so good. I don't, I don't know if everybody watched all the Giants games, but that guy is so good. It's unbelievable how good he is when you're watching him. It's sad they traded Beckham because like, those two guys are just the best players I've ever seen in like, any position. And then... Trying to think of what else is, you know, the Patriots are always interesting. Like, this weird team. And now they have Josh Gordon, so it's kind of exciting. But this weird team with random players, like, can they really be, like, the one or the two seed again? You know, I mean, it's just, it's just truly insane what they've done. And then I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to Antonio Brown, seeing what he does. And I don't know. Those are the two. Those are the main things that I'm kind of, the Cardinals, Kyler Murray. Can that dude just sure, go yeah. nuts? And that whole speed of the offense—you know—is that going to be a ridiculous thing? Lamar Jackson is kind of exciting, you know, him going crazy.
1: Yeah, is Jimmy G a bust? You know, I mean, the coaches, everyone gives them, you know—all these passes. They add all these these linemen. I think the I think Niners are interesting too. Obviously, I'm a little biased there, but uh that who knows? They could that could be a disaster too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm seems... com-
1: I'm I'm confident in that team though. But uh, Todd Monken joining Cleveland, I guess, it's like so. I mean, he could just be—you realize he coached. The team that produced what Winston and Fitzpatrick is the number two fantasy QB last year and the fourth most passing yards ever. I mean,
0: Dude, yeah, the, like the
1: the combo. With Fitzpatrick Beckham,
0: had nine point six YPA last year. That's almost a full yard better than Mahomes had last year.
1: Insane! That's crazy! That's that's that's. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick a was, uh,
0: was. I mean, was, he had three four hundred yard games in a row. I think, and or four or yeah, something. Like that. There's, there's only been anybody who's had like four or five in a whole season. I mean, it yeah, was, was, the it first was truly insane.
1: Yeah. No, it's going to be a fun year for sure. Uh, you uh, you talked about the beating the book column, um, and uh, you you balled last year. So I'll admittedly go. Uh, get, you know, get, give you the the final say here in the beginning of our super contest because you had a much better year than me last year. You're confident in your strategy. You did all the work. The you did the same same deal, guessing the lines, right?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say it's all the work. It takes me like ten. I run through them once, and then as a draft, and I rethink them. And then I
1: well, I thought it was very meticulous. I thought yeah. I was under the impression you were spending uh, rigorous uh, hours there's of no algorithm so I, may, there's I might no, change when I was getting there, but uh. there's no algorithm:
0: <laughs> It's funny because I, I've been reading a lot of these guys. Um, I can never give these guys credit, but it, it was some guy Pete sent me this thing. It was just some like way the guy explains how the lines are actually set and how hard it is to beat the rake uh, without some sort of sophisticated you know data-driven process how just sort of make it up the lines. Like why, like even the pros, they, they sort of bet with like the sharp books early and then maybe they'll bet late. But like it's very hard, like once the lines have sort of been smoothed out by the massive betting that comes in from the public midweek, it's very hard to have an edge and win enough. And here I am trying to pick 16 games and five for the super contest, whether I like five or not. And I actually think I can do it. And the implication from these guys who really knew the market and they made an excellent explanation of, how it all worked was sort of like that's a you know, fool's errand, like to think that you're gonna be smarter than the entire market and be able to beat it once it's been smoothed out. It's one thing when the sharps jump on the, the early lines before the market's right. really had a chance, but you're gonna be able to beat like sort of the wisdom of the crowds. But I just don't agree with that. I just think like I, this is gonna sound really uh, delusional, maybe, but I just feel like there's a lot of people who are like way better at stats than me and way better at building a spreadsheet and, and being able to put data into it in a way that I just, I just don't have the programming or the statistical chops to do. And they're very smart, these guys. But in a way, they're kind of dumb because they're sort of just like giving up the game. They're sort of like, I'm not smart enough to beat the book with my wits and my observations. So I've, you know I have to do this. This is the only way to do it. And if someone says, well, I think I could maybe give it a shot, they kind of laugh at you like you're an idiot for thinking that because they don't think they can do it.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's fair. So you're saying you're confident.
0: I'm saying like, I'm not confident enough now. The difference I would say between someone like Rufus and me is Rufus has been like 20, 40 grand a game. So he's confident. I'm not, right? Like I'm not betting. <laughs> I'll, I'll join the super contest. But that's you know it's not for amount of the, the entry fee that we're splitting is just not a enough money that that I'm not I don't really have skin in the game. So in a sense, you could say, well, good luck. You know, they could say, good luck. If you really believe it, go put large amounts of money on it. And I would say, well, I don't believe it that much. You know, or like I don't believe it enough to make that my number one sort of make or break income when there's other options for me. But you know, maybe if. I didn't have another way to do it. Maybe I would bet more and maybe I'd find out in short order that, that I couldn't do it this way. But I think that the luxury of having a model that you can back test and that you can sort of know how it works is that when it does well over time, you can have confidence going forward. When you're sort of ad hoc trusting your observations, how the hell do you know if you, you still have it? I had a good year last year, so what? right? How do I know that, you know, that I wasn't mostly luck? And so how am I really going to bet all this money on it? It's not that it means I'm wrong. It just means I'd be an idiot to just be that sure of it. And, or even if I, it was because I might use my observations and wits last year to beat it. How can I be sure that I'm as sharp this year as I was last year?
1: So I signed up in person this year. So we have a lot of flexibility as far as getting our, our picks in. So we can definitely take it seriously. And usually when we record this, the actual Super Contest lines don't come out till a, a couple hours later. But, um, but yeah, man, it's a good, good way of testing it. And also it's a difference between picking every single game, which you're forced to do for this exercise in your column, versus picking the two or three you would actually
0: yeah, be bet no, on. too. I, no, different, mean,
1: although you do point them out and you did really well with those as well, too.
0: Yeah, I've done well in my best bets for 10 years. Again, like I may be just dumb luck and there was 10 years where I was picking every game and I was basically 500, which is, you know, it's hard to pick every game, but I just think like there's just two kinds of things. Like some people just say it's impossible, so they build an algorithm. And I think the thing that's impossible to me is is to know that it's good going forward without having it like back tested and have a certain amount of data to a sample to prove that this these factors are under underappreciated by the market and then they have a, an edge. That's it's impossible to know without doing it that way because you don't know that you're replicating your process exactly if you're just sort of ad hoc observing and using your wits. But that doesn't mean it's impossible to do it. It's just impossible to have confidence. So what you do is you you get a, a high upside contest like the super contest and you just you know, you gamble at at a small level, you know, okay, if I lose whatever, 900 bucks, including the proxy fee, big deal. But I still think like it can be beat. And I think that the people who are much smarter than me with all this other stuff are kind of dumber. They they kind of even like concede their own dumbness because they don't even try. They wouldn't want to try because they'd be like, but, but it makes sense because you could never bet big money again, unless you had sort of the, the same method over and over the same factors over and over. It'd be very dangerous to just bet big, big amounts of money just trusting your wits. Maybe if I'm a billionaire one day, which is getting increasingly unlikely, although with Bitcoin maybe it won't be, uh, I, I, yeah. I could <laughs> bet big just based on my wits.
1: Yeah, and it's hilariously they uh, rejected our Nutless Monkey entry name this year, even though they allowed it last year, said it was highly offensive and how dare I, uh, you know,
0: well, Nutless really, Monkey it uh, turns uh, out it cannot their, win. Their,
1: their, their sensibilities turns but out Nutless, Nutless Monkey, Monkey cannot, cannot, cannot even win. play.
0: A Nutless Monkey can't even get into the super contest, but a real man can.
1: Yeah, a real man would enters instead, and these are real man picks. So let's start lists. Uh, you ready to get to week one? Sure, let's do it. All right, so. All right. I'm just going to use your beating the book lines. Uh, We'll go from there and what order in which you listed them. So Thursday night opener did not do the Super Bowl winner for the first time in a while. And I think they're doing some historical thing this this anniversary season. Great contest. Great first matchup. Uh, Packers plus three in Chicago.
0: Yeah, I I had that two and a half. Um, One thing I learned from Rufus is that home field should be somewhat proportionate to distance traveled. And this is a very short trip. Rogers is very comfortable at Soldier Field, and I just think uh, it's kind of a pick type of game to me. I made it two and a half. I mean, anything less than three is pretty close. And I just, for the hell of it, picked the Packers to win, but I definitely take the points. What about you?
1: The line seemed totally right to me, but I'm with you. I took the points. Uh, I'm, I'm fading Trubisky more times than not this year, or the old Rams team, who experienced a lot of injury luck and good fortune turnovers stuff last year but still a nasty defense i wouldn't be shocked at all if they won this game and covered but uh i, I did take the points um i don't love it though wouldn't want to use it no i don't want to touch it uh, either um okay sunday games falcons plus four at vikings
0: i took I, you know it's funny i thought i was going to be on the vikings because i made this line three and i thought it was going to be less than three for some reason but then it was four so i'm on the falcons i just think the falcons are a veteran team, dome. They're going to be ready. It's going to be a tough game. I'll take the points.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I took the points as well. Um, yeah, should, should be close enough. Uh, Falcons uh, certainly tougher away, but at least it's in, 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 dome, in the dome. But I'm not going to use this one either. Uh, either. Washington plus, plus 9.5 at Philly.
0: So I made the line 9.5 or something initially. But then when I redid it, I moved it to the 13 and a half. I just realized I don't want the Redskins on the road in Philly. They have a good defense and a good offense. They're better coached. The Redskins have a new quarterback, a bunch of no-name and rookie receivers. You know, their, their best offensive lineman is still out, still holding out. Like, I don't know, this kid, why isn't this doormat versus juggernaut full 13 and a half. It's only nine and a half. I, I laid the wood and I would probably use this.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm actually seeing on Vegas Insider right now it's up to 10 in a lot of places, so this will be a key line for us to look, because I would definitely consider it at 9.5. I'm with you. I keep going back and forth on the Seahawks or Eagles for Survivor, um, leaning more Philly, and uh, I think, think they do cover this. And, yeah, they're just they're just loaded. Pro football focus in the offseason, graded offensive lines, they're unit number one. Um, wide receivers, uh, they're unit number one, obviously included tight ends. And pass rush, their unit number one that's that's pretty good and uh their offensive system i like as well so uh, i like the eagles to, to, to route them and uh would definitely consider using it
0: okay uh so,
1: bills plus three at the jets
0: so i made this line three i took the jets almost because it was a hedge like i hate the jets so much that if i'm wrong i'll totally live with it i you know they're kind of equal teams they're both sort of have like a, a sliver of hope for the future said in New York, it's not a long trip, so maybe it should be two, but I just laid the wood.
1: Um, yeah, who did I take on the side? I took yeah I took the jets. this is a stay away for me though i do I'm buying Sam Darnold, but hate the coaching staff and uh yeah, I don't know this, this line seems right to me, but I, I'm with you actually I, I did I did take the jets. Um, Ravens minus seven at Dolphins.:
0: I made the line seven exactly, so it's 50 50. I took the Ravens just because. I mean, the Dolphins, they're trading their their best offensive player, arguably their best player on the team in Tunzel. They just get rid of him. I mean, they got a lot for him, so it was a good trade. But I don't know, man. The Ravens, it's tough to play in Miami in the heat and humidity, but the Ravens are the one with the quarterback that they're going to have to chase around, which is hell. And they're the ones with the bludgeoning running game. I, I laid the wood. But, I, you know, I think this is 50-50. I took
1: the points, but maybe that was just – trying to be on the sharp side reflexively because that offensive line's a disaster. I mean, you could rank the Ravens as the top fantasy D of the week and no one would would blink. And uh, yeah, so I I took the points, but uh, certainly don't feel confident about it at all. Uh, Chiefs minus four at Jacksonville should be a very intriguing game week one.
0: Yeah. You know, I know it would be like the sharp thing to take the Jaguars at home getting points, but I just think the Chiefs are going to just be unstoppable. Completely just score 40 routinely. I think that actually Nick Foles and John DeFilippo might be enough of an upgrade that the Jaguars actually kind of keep up. So it's not like a blowout. But I I have Chiefs 31-24. But the Chiefs are going to be like the early season Rams last year where people are like, someone will slow them down a little bit eventually. But people are going to be like, this is just ridiculous.
1: Similar to last game, I just took the home ugly dog, but I could totally see it going sideways you're in your, and The Chiefs going crazy here. They, they might just destroy the league yet again. Totally wouldn't be surprised. So took the home dog, but uh, don't feel confident about it. Uh, next one I like a little bit more, uh, or certainly like a lot more. Titans plus five and a half at Cleveland.
0: Yeah, I made the six and a half, so you, you would have to push it to seven to get me off the Browns. I think the Browns are hyped and maybe overhyped, but I think some of it's justifiable. And the Titans are one of those nasty teams that you usually want against the spread. But I looked at the line, and it wasn't that big. So give me the Browns.
1: It just seems mispriced if the Browns are going to be you know, division contenders like everyone expects. with that such improved roster, uh, I feel like the line should be 7, as you said. So, yeah, I like Cleveland and the points here. Uh, next, the Rams, minus 3 at Panthers.
0: I made the line 2.5. Uh, the Panthers are pretty good. Newton's totally healthy now which is just total, completely different than last year. And I kind of believe in the Super Bowl hangover. You know, there's only one team that has to, like, sit on a horrible biggest stage loss getting so close and grinding out the entire length of the season through February and not winning. There's only one team that has to deal with that. And usually that team, it's, it's hard, you know, to deal with that. And I don't think it's just a fluke or an anecdotal thing. I think it's just hard to deal with that. And they, there's a causal connection to them often struggling so they got to kind of rebound get up for this game it's on the road big game for the Panthers I think the Panthers are good so I think the Panthers are got a good chance to win this outright so I took Carolina
1: yeah for sure I made Panthers my best bet uh, for what it's worth Goff had massive home road splits last year it's a it's a 10 a.m. body clock game here Um, yeah I think the Panthers are a pretty good team but I know their secondary can be beat but um, I'm with you I think they could win outright so if it's three points, uh, I liked it as my, my best bet this week. So I would personally consider using it in the contest. Now we move to the afternoon games. Uh, Bengals plus nine and a half at Seattle. Who do you like to your list?
0: So I had this exactly nine and a half, so it's a coin flip. But Jeff Erickson, on the sh- this is how nutless Jeff Erickson is. So on the show, he m- picked his line, and he had it at like something like uh, nine, and nine. I think he made the line. So at nine and a half, he should be on the Bengals. But then after he saw the line was nine and a half, he decided he still wanted to be on the Seahawks. I said, Jeff, you can't do that. You're you're dead if you do that because you know you can't un you can't unsee the line once you've seen the line. And so you can't, you know, you have to just choose what you really think before you see it. But he was going to take the Seahawks anyway. So I was like, that's so nutless that I'm not going to take the Bengals just because he's a self-hating Bengals fan and was doing something that nutless and is a coin flip anyway. But then in staff picks he actually took the Bengals because he was doubly nutless. He wouldn't even sit with the Seahawks after I told him what a jinx it was. But now he's jinxed me out of this pick, so I have the Bengals. But if I knew that he that he was going to take the Bengals, I would have switched back to the Seahawks. But it's too late. I've got the Bengals.
1: Well, your reasoning's tough to, to beat. Um, I, I don't have quite as strong a reasoning. I, I went with the sea the Seahawks to cover. Like I said, I was close with Philly this week. I think they're both going to handle business at home. Although they've actually been known to get off the slow starts, Russell Wilson and company about how much you make of that. Historically, that offensive line is in shambles in Cincy. So in Seattle remains one of the toughest places to play. So I picked them to to roll and and laid the wood chargers plus six and a half, sorry, Colts plus six and a half at chargers. um, I think I've heard that you like this one, right? Liz.
0: Yeah, it's my best bet. I, you know, again it's the system man the system is more important than the quarterback just sorry to say we're just in an era where playing quarterback's gotten much easier and a good system and good weapons and a good offensive line is plenty Brissett's not a stiff i don't think and the chargers are missing russell okung they're missing derwin james those are like really key players they're missing melvin gordon and they're laying six and a half i just the Colts can win this game. The Chargers also another team that often starts slowly. Again, you don't know if that's just anecdotal and random, but they seem to take a few games to get into sync. Sometimes, so give me the Colts.
1: So I am fading the Colts harder than you. I've said it last week, but both my fantasy rankings of the players losing luck and just the team outright. But having said that, a I could be wrong, and b. They could just be whatever, not that great and still cover this because it's not like the Chargers are the team that run over doormats often. You know, I, I usually like the Chargers when they're the dog, not when they're the near-touchdown favorite. So I'm with you here. We can definitely – if you have them as your best bet, uh, I took the Colts as well. So we'll use them as one of our five this week. Okay. Uh, next up, my 49ers at Tampa Bay. They do not have the 10 a.m. body clock issue as the Rams have a later start. Uh uh, projected shootout, although I was just, uh, you know, informed that it it's, you know, very well it could be very wet there, though. So uh, a lot of guys probably used in DFS lineups in this game. Uh, who do you like, Liz?
0: I like the Niners. I, it's kind of 50-50. I made him to pick him, and it is a pick him. I just like Shanahan better than Bruce Arians. I think Bruce Arians is a little overrated. He's not terrible. He's good for fantasy. But he does some stupid stuff. And I, uh, I think Shanahan will get this team... Ready. I also like betting on teams that have bad preseasons yeah. because I think that's just total nonsense, and it actually affects the line.
1: Yeah, Niners haven't proven anything yet, and don't listen to me. I'm a homer. But, yes, I, I was on the Niners as well, and I would uh, I would use them if you like to. But uh, I, I don't know. I, it is a pick and probably for a reason. But I side with you there as well. The next one um, – ooh, I, I do kind of like this one. Lions minus two and a half at Cardinals.
0: Yeah, I like the Cardinals. Tell that me was- – you lo- yeah. Okay. Good. I, okay. I'm on the Cardinals. That's my second best bet or third best bet, maybe, That's because right okay. they're uh, they have no cornerbacks though, and everyone's like, oh, Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay and Stafford are carver. maybe, maybe, but you know, the, there's some talk that the Cardinals didn't really unleash their offense in the preseason. Again, another team with a bad preseason. Everyone's panicking. I just think it's a good value. I mean, the Lions laying points on the road. No, thank you. So I'll take the Cardinals.
1: Yeah, carry On Johnson might go nuts here. And I'm actually having my reservations about this offense, this air raid offense. I don't know. Maybe I, I, it doesn't sound like they unveiled a lot even in the practices. But, yeah, just out of principle here, totally. And and at home dogs here, uh, you could talk me into using it if you wanted to. No problem. Uh, your your Giants, plus seven at Cowboys. Uh, let's hear some Homer speak.
0: Yeah, I, I like the Giants a lot here. I, I think the Giants, as I said, are are better than people think. Cowboys had Amari Cooper with a foot issue that he's going to play through. Zeke Elliott coming in, you know, last minute may have some disruption there. And, you know, they're cocky. The Giants are a doormat. They're, the Cowboys should win. It's the home celebration of a team that's a playoff team. And I just, I just like the setup. I just think the Giants are like, they're going to show up and they're going to run. They're going to block. And Saquon's going to run people over, although the Dallas has very good linebackers. But. I think it's going to be a game. So I'm taking the points, and I would use this one.
1: Yeah, I do like the Giants is, is underdogs. I mean, you know, uh, far more than than favorites. But all right, if you want to use it, that's fine. I took them. I mean, I don't yeah, – Cowboys, I mean, Elliot, realistically. Where would you have him ranked if you were in fantasy? If you had to do a weekly rankings, Elliot? how many snaps do you think he projects? Hi. Okay, you t- top on, 10. Man. If this game close, won, they can't yeah, lose to yeah, the Giants right, at home. That would be a disaster
0: yeah. for their season. They're going to play him, yeah. and We're leaving Tony Pollard on – Third and two, you know, when it's seventeen seventeen, the early fourth quarter. Come on.
1: Yeah. All right. I have my words about Eli. Uh, it's funny that you're you're backing your team this hard right away out of the shoot, but uh, Giants, Giants, it is uh, Sunday Jones, night. Man.
0: Hall of Famer yeah. Daniel Jones well, come in the second no half. Daniel
1: Jones this game. That's the problem. yeah second half. He <laughs> comes in banking. like Baker did. We're banking on a big uh, a big deficit, big big halftime deficit would be good for us. You're saying, because yeah. you yeah. that would Absolutely. meet Daniel Jones.
0: Uh, too bad the oh. game's not in New York, so they could boo Eli off the field. All right. Sunday night. Sunday night. Steelers, Sunday night.
1: Plus, Steelers pl- plus five and a half at pit. I mean, sorry, at, at Patriots.
0: I made it six and a half. Again, if it were at seven, I would have switched to the Steelers. But come on, man. The Patriots are better. I don't even know if the Steelers are good anymore. Ben's like 50 years old now. Not the Brady's any. <laughs> Brady's older than him. But, you know, I mean, every year he gets older. And it seems like they replaced Bell with Connor nice. They, you know, they didn't really replace Antonio Brown. Maybe James Washington's good or Moncrief, but this team's not, I think this team's not quite the Steelers that we knew a few years ago. And it's Patriots at home. I only five and a half. Give me the Patriots.
1: Yeah, Roethlisberger was just fine on the road last year, but um, and I took the points here. But betting against Patriots in prime time is usually not lucrative, so I'm not going to sit here and act super confident in it. And I could see uh, see it going the other way, as you as you laid out. So Monday night, pretty fired up. This game is a, actually a really good one to start off. Uh, Texans plus seven at New Orleans.
0: Yeah, I made it. I made this game six and a half. I felt like. Saints are better, but the Texans with Watson, Hopkins, they're gonna they're gonna show up and they're gonna sling the ball around and hang in this game. So I took the points. What about you?
1: Yeah, I like the points here. Um, ah, I consider using it, but um, yeah, I, I think ah, betting against you could see the same. way they lost, what week one at home was that last year against Tampa, yeah, the Bucks. Uh, yeah. Yeah, God, yeah. They'll, they'll probably show up in prime time. But, uh, yeah, it seems like this uh, first glance, like, a lot of points. Uh, so I, I took them. Then the, 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 the best one, the Monday night doubleheader out in Oakland, final season, black hole, Broncos, pick them at the Raiders. Who do you like, Liz?
0: I like the Raiders. I made this plus three. I mean, the Broncos' offense is abysmal. I mean, Joe Flacco, seriously? I mean, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the last five years, if not the worst so I I'm happy to take a pick him at home.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely fading uh the Raiders this season and I think that defense could cause problems there. It's just gonna be a shit show in Oakland and I would I would definitely consider the Broncos, but that'll just be off for us on, on that, that game. So could you come up with any uh I marked we have uh def we're gonna use the Colts is the only one I marked in ink.
0: Okay. And so then Colts, a couple of
1: maybes here and there. So what do Eagles, you think? Eagles. Yep. Okay. Yep, Colts, that was a maybe,
0: yep. Eagles Panthers Colts Eagles Panthers Cardinals and Giants
1: Yep, okay. Yeah, the only other one. Yeah, okay. The only other one I kind of marked was maybe uh, maybe the Browns But you like no
0: I could do the Browns if you wanted Nope. Nope.
1: Nope. That doesn't stand out. That's just all I was bringing up. That's it That's the just, only you other can one do I the marked.
0: Browns if you want but you got to just remove one of the incorrect ones not one of the correct ones That's your job.
1: Yeah yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk backstage, but I'm actually don't feel till I like, I like the first five that came originally. Giants is on you for sure.
0: I mean, you want to remove uh, the Giants, that's fine, but just make sure you're removing a loser, not a winner. <laughs>
1: yeah, no pressure after your speech before how this is your, uh, your life's goal moving forward. But, uh, yeah, all right, we'll come up, we'll
0: come up. My life's goal, as I said, I'll reiterate is to win the super contest and to win the NFBC main event. Then I'm good. Yeah. You know, of course I'd like to win the NFFC, you know, online or the NFBC. Online would be pretty good, actually. But it's fantasy football to win a big tournament and fantasy football is not my goal in life. It's just it's fantasy football. I mean, it's fun, but it's just too, it's too random. I just think like the, I know it's all random. I mean, acting like handicapping games is not random, like blocks field goal or block punt or whatever that happens. But I just feel like the most skill... And there's so much variance in this too but I, I don't know to me like the nfbc and the uh, super contest would be the to me like the real uh and the holy grails of of what i do
1: okay so tentatively we've got the eagles hopefully that's less than 10 panthers hopefully getting three and, and then what giants getting seven and then cardinals getting two and a half that'd be great if you get three in that one so tentative and then the Colts obviously Colts is dogs and LA so shouldn't have a great home, you know, typically have a home field advantage there too. So, all right, Liz, I like it. What do you, you what take do you think?
0: Or are you only accepting five and zero oh right now for week one?
1: Yeah. Uh, right now, I would take, I would, say I would accept the four and one, but <laughs> you, you know, you joke, but it really does seem to me week one year in and year out is they, they come the easiest to me as far as, and typically I do have the best, my record, uh, not saying a lot last couple of years, but uh, in week one, but is that the case for you?
0: You know, I had a good year last year. Lighter. I had a good year last year. So everything came easy. Right? Ah, like okay. I was confident. <laughs> and if I, if I go five and 11 and we go one and four in the super contest, you know, it's going to be tougher, but this new method of doing it has really helped me because I don't really agonize. I mean, I agonize on where I'm going to put the line, but it's my choice. It's where I feel the most pain in choosing, That's how I pick the line. And then once I've picked the line, I don't deviate when I see the actual lines. So then it becomes easy because I'm just comparing my lines to the actual lines.
1: It sounded like to me we were only different on a few this week too, so it could be uh, bad news for you. Do uh, you want to throw any season predictions out there? We might as well here. I I went with uh, Eagles over Chiefs is what I officially settled on in my final column. As I mentioned, all the, the Eagles loaded at different positions, and we'll see if Wentz can stay healthy. But uh, that's where I went with. What about yourself, Liz? Uh, Giants going far?
0: No. I mean, I think they're going to win seven games, I said. You know, <laughs> that's not really – Unless the NFC East is really weak, they're not. Yeah, I pick my
1: Niners to make. I pick my minor Niners to make the wild card. So I give you a hard time for being a homer. I I pick the Niners to make the wild card, but uh, so we'll see how that
0: goes. We're both boosting them a couple. You know, the Giants are actually at six. I think so. Seven is not really a a huge reach. I don't really know. I think the Chiefs. I I think the I think the Patriots are always the most interesting team because you just never know how they're going to do it, but they somehow do it. But
1: they're the safest pick. Clearly,
0: yeah. I think the Chiefs are just. They're, they're going to just be like, by week seven, it's going to be like the 2007 Patriots. They'll be like 7-0. and They'll average like 46 points a game. And you're going to be like, Jesus Christ. They're covering dude, like second, 30 in games. I mean, it's going to be insane.
1: Dude, the second half against, or the fourth quarter, how many points did he put up against that Belichick defense who thought he had figured it out? You know, I mean, that's just it's you're right i'm with you man it could be historic that's why i was debating who to win in that super bowl the eagles or, or chiefs i am picking them to to go past the patriots and i never do that i'm always like you know it's fun to be different but i'm always just boring patriots every well, year I'll, but I'll, this year i'm with you man. i pick the chiefs i have damian williams on all my rosters not because i'm in love with the player let me tell you i just i mean that i'm with you that offense could just could i could still be obviously wrong about him and then still go crazy but yeah they're uh, they're gonna put up a lot of points last year was again. pat
0: mahomes first year as a starter
1: crazy insane yeah Matt Mahomes
0: yeah. is Aaron Rodgers 2.0 he's basically Rodgers with like even bigger arm better weapons than Rodgers ever had and a way better coach than Rodgers ever had and I just think that you know, well you, know, you got to regress him you know I mean I if I were in Vegas I hate like on an even money bet like leaving my money in Vegas for you know four months but I mean, how much would you put down at over 36 and a half? I mean, he get hurt. That's like the only, that's the only way you lose that bet if he gets injured.
1: No, totally. Yeah. I mean, that's, yes, that's why, that's why I scoffed. At you gave you a hard time about being bold because I'm with, yes, that seems like uh, injury is the only thing that could stop that. So, yeah, they were the really they're the best special teams last year according to many metrics. Uh, really, uh, I mean, just the, the defense will see if they can somewhat stop people. But that offense, I'm with you, could be historical. So you're picking the Chiefs.
0: I am picking the Chiefs to. Yeah, you know, I mean, again, like I mean, Reed's going to have to deal in game. There's going to be some tight situations probably at some point, whether it's against the Patriots, whether it's against you know the Ravens if Lamar Jackson is good, or against you know one of these teams that emerges and one will. It uh, makes me nervous, but yeah, I'd probably pick the Chiefs in the AFC In the NFC. I'm going to say, maybe I'll say Pac- maybe I'll say the Packers
1: nice i usually go with him because of rogers i default to fall to the quarterback position new I'm coach say, maybe, that's uh, another
0: big storyline is rogers yeah. without mccarthy what happens
1: yeah for sure um yeah a lot of saints picks i see a lot i think it's uh I see a, a ton of new orleans picks which makes sense all right let's we got a prediction out of you um anything else we got a uh, week one i'm looking forward to it man it's a lot of talk a lot of uh Drafts that I've had, a lot of writing. It's gonna, it's gonna suck. And it's that. gonna be so
0: disappointing. It'll be a big
1: letdown, it's yeah. It's gonna be
0: disappointing in unpredictable ways. Like you'll be like, yeah. Oh, really? That that's all they did? Yeah. Oh, that guy got hurt, really? Damn. I have like three shares of that guy. You um, know, it'll just be a nightmare. Let's the predict Stars who's part. gonna get hurt. Who's gonna get hurt week one? Who's gonna be out for the year week one? It's gonna uh, be Nick somewhat.
1: Chubb and Damian Williams <laughs> probably both <world's> go <laughs> down, for sure. Nick Chubb the and Damian Williams. Yeah.
0: You know, something yeah. you just got in one of your leagues that you're happy to get. It's gonna be someone yeah. like that.
1: Yeah, Garoppolo and Kittle, my other guys. Yeah, well, but yeah, it's going to be enough.
0: Two years in a row. But Mullins is better, so that's actually good if Garoppolo gets hurt.
1: Yeah, I don't know about that. But uh, he, did, he didn't He did even win the backup job over Beathard until, uh, until the other day. But uh, what a weird situation with the depth chart with Pettis and now like Matt Breida. Like, I guess I, I, I'm moving Breida up, but the reason I was worried about him was his, his ability to stay healthy, not if he was going to do when he did get touches. But interesting situation there. I like him to go go nuts against the Bucks this week. That's possible. Um Anything else, Liz? Got anything I want to talk about? Uh, what, oh, who's, do you have like an MVP pick or something? I went with Deshaun Watson in my column. Like I love Deshaun. Watson, on, come on, I just
0: there's well, only I one like pick. This. There's only one pick. Uh,
1: okay, Mahomes, oh, right?
0: Okay, come on, <laughs> Saquon <laughs> Barkley, dude, come on. No, it's has got to be Mahomes. As long as yeah, Mahomes like, is as long as Mahomes is walking this earth, I just I just can't pick anyone else. I can't even see it. I mean, obviously he's a dog versus the field, but I think there's like a wide gap. It could be Watson.
1: I think Good. people forgetting just how ridiculous Watson was a year before he tore his ACL. Now another year, year removed, just they what?
0: He was great last year too. I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. They have, to, I mean, they have a fast-paced offense with you know maybe not a dominant defense, offensive line a little bit better now. Just Duke Johnson, adding uh, Kenny Stills, to Cootie and, and Fuller, and, and just love the setup. And again, they're going to win the division, I think. Now without Luck, so that that's kind of where I steered. I think
0: the Colts are going to win the division. So.
1: Yeah. All right. Interesting. You want to bet on that?
0: Well, give me the proper odds and we'll do it.
1: Yeah, I wonder what they are. What do you think the, what do you think the proper odds are?
0: I think that I'd be getting like two to one over you.
1: Ooh, I'll look into that. That seems like, yeah, I would do that though probably. But if you think that's, that's fair, I would do that I, mean, bet. I don't know.
0: I'm just guessing what it would be. But like if, if it was your like 100 against my 50 and if, it, you know, you get the 100 at the Texans win. I, I mean, I get, you get the 50 at the Texans win. I get the 100 at the yeah. Colts win. I don't have to even look it up. I would just do it
1: um yeah the te- yeah all right okay yeah, yeah let's do it done
0: i might be making a dumb pick it might be it might be way more lopsided than that but yeah. i personally would feel satisfied with okay double the double the money for that
1: cool done this is uh texans division 50 done, done.
0: 50 versus 100 cool all
1: right um yep all
0: right done all right
1: um can't think of anything else obviously nobody Spirit wins if fine. neither
0: if neither one wins nobody wins
1: Obviously. Yes. Um, I went Miles Garrett is my defensive player of the year. I think he, he said this, like, uh, the last regime defensive coordinator wouldn't let him do, but three moves or whatever. But, um, the safest picks, obviously Aaron Donald, he would be the first player ever to win the, the defensive player of the year award three years in a row, but he's a clear favorite there. And then rookie of the year I went Tyler Murray. Do you have any thoughts on those?
0: Yeah. I mean, Kyler Murray is kind of obvious. Um, yeah. although you know what, if it can, it can easily be a running back for Rookie of the Year because if, if the Cardinals are like 4-12 and 12 and Murray's just okay, they'll give it to a star running back. the yeah, no MVP,
1: way. it's so tough to win without being quarterback. Looking right. at that historically, that is just so tough. Right,
0: that's right. you got to pick a QB for MVP. But Rookie of the Year, um, yeah, I, I think Murray's kind of an easy call. I can't really think of who else it would even be, actually. Josh Jacobs is probably not going to win it. David Montgomery, maybe? I don't, Montgomery. don't know.
1: Montgomery, yeah. Gurley goes down my boy Daryl Henderson right away.
0: Right. I uh, hope I mean I've got a lot of Henderson.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> all right, man, good stuff. Uh, you got anything else?
0: Uh, I just had one other topic that I was that I read. This guy, uh Michael Krieger, I sometimes talk about him and he made this post about I don't know, like the CIA or somebody's like trying to designate like disinformation as like a terrorist thing, but like, you know, spreading conspiracy theories on the web and I don't know if like the law would ever get passed. Probably not. Probably against the First Amendment, but you never know. And, uh, I mean, it is against the First Amendment, but the idea of, like, what a conspiracy theory is, like, the Epstein didn't hang himself is, like, considered a conspiracy theory, but no, that's what the majority of people believe, actually, and Trump is being secretly controlled by Putin, that's considered not a conspiracy theory because the mainstream media is propagating it, but the difference between what is and what is not a conspiracy theory is just who's saying it, not the likelihood that it's true, I'll just say that. And that basically. No, I read
1: that because of you, and that was really interesting. You're right; the amount of people who actually consider it obviously a conspiracy. What happened with Epstein, I found very interesting.
0: Right. I mean, there's so many things we don't have the answers to, like, you know, uh, when they when they got Bin Laden, like there were like five different stories of how that happened that like they changed like every five minutes. Like, I don't know what actually happened, but whatever we were told is probably not the actual one. The problem that we've gotten into now with conspiracy theories, and he brings this up, is that for for it just started 20 years ago, but it's getting a little stronger with social media, humans can talk peer-to-peer on Twitter. I can talk to somebody in any country in the world directly. You know, I, I can follow somebody who has information on the ground from any country in the world. Now, that he could be lying, he could be faking it, I have to verify, you know, my own way, but it's peer-to-peer. It used to be that information and news was disseminated from the central authority to the people. And so propaganda, you know, whatever the people wanted you to believe, they would just tell you. I mean, it was just sort of one version of events, and now, you know, you, you really don't have to rely on the central authority to find out things. You can look on from what people are saying on Twitter. And some of that may be considered a conspiracy theory. But as I said, I, conspiracy is just what they, you know, what they, it just depends who's saying it. The mainstream media and the mainstream establishment wants, has all sorts of crazy far-fetched things they want you to believe that don't really add up. But because they're saying it, it's not considered conspiracy. There we're sort of changing a paradigm from sort of the top, you know, sort of the establishment and the elites being able to dictate what people think, it's kind of what Michael Krieger is writing about, to people being free to go find it for themselves. You know, you can ask your doctor what's wrong with you or you can go online, you know, or you could ask, you can go, there's a lot of forums where other people have similar ailments and they use home remedy, you know, some of them may work, some of them might not. But then again, you go to the doctor and a lot of the stuff they tell you doesn't work at all and they're actually diagnose you wrong. Probably do more damage there and it's way more expensive. So there's there's now a huge threat to like the top down way of distributing things. And when there's a paradigm shift like this where now it's peer to peer and, and wait till Bitcoin picks up even more, like banks can't tell you when the hours of operation are and who you can send your money to. I mean, this is a huge crisis for the authorities and the establishment of control And his point was, when Trump won, it's not that Trump isn't bank friendly, he is. It's not that he's not corporate friendly, he is. It's not that he didn't put a ton of money into the military, he does. It's that for the first time, they couldn't control who you voted for. Every single newspaper endorsed Hillary Clinton, and yet people voted for someone else. It's not that Trump, of course, you know, there's probably minor differences, but the the elites, the problem is that they lost control of the narrative, that suddenly this guy, and they voted for him against everybody's advice, that was not permitted. And they're pissed about it, and they want to make it seem like a gigantic mistake so it never happens again. But unfortunately, I think it's going to happen more and more because, again, we're in a new paradigm. It's peer-to-peer. We don't need top-down anymore. And the internet has enabled this. And because, and when power tries to hold on to power, when somebody's losing their grip, they become more aggressive, more desperate, more fascist. And it could be a very ugly transition. But I do think that agree with Michael Krieger that eventually it's going to be a lot better once, uh, once it's completely, once that uh, grip on power is completely dislodged.
1: Are you personally on Twitter all day, list scrolling it when you're on, I know you're on the computer for your job, but I mean, are you, are you on Twitter throughout the day?
0: Yeah, I, I'm on Twitter a lot and actually like is my job because all the RotoWire football notes come on and I change the projection, so I never miss anything. I'm not on all day, but like when I'm on the computer, which is a lot, I always have like a window open. And it's like I always have you know, the latest news, so immediately I change the projection if a kicker gets cut or gets injured or something. So yeah, pretty right. much.
1: So you're using Twitter then, and you use it for you know, politics and, and other I aspects. I don't,
0: I don't barely go to any other sites. I mean, I go to Rotowire, I go to Twitter, and occasionally it's just a guilty, I won't say pleasure, or a guilty misery. I go to the New York Times just to see what they're saying, but I, I really don't <laughs> like it. But I go to it still out of habit. But that's it. So that's you're
1: right. so. So if you're reading a CNN article or something, you just got it probably because someone linked to it on Twitter or
0: something. Yeah, well, I would never click through a CNN. Or, I mean, I would you, never, Or you
1: know, would never do such. I'd only a read thing. one. Okay. Two, All right, that two, wouldn't two. happen. That was a, that was a, an impossibility. I brought up this. Uh, the, okay, right. sorry. I would Apologies. only
0: click through if it was like an example of how fake it was. Like I, it, it's CNN is so bankrupt. There's other thing I don't even get into it, but like how the news gets disseminated. There's like Reuters. The Associated mm-hmm. Press and this French associate uh, agency, French fronts I don't know what it is, but there's an AFP is what's, what's, and they basically feed all the news to like all the newspapers. Most of the news coverage comes from them. These newspapers that are covering foreign conflicts don't have people on the ground pretty much. They're just second-handing from those guys. And it's very easy for the Pentagon and other governments to just disseminate news through these three agencies and have them sort of pass it on to all the local, you know the, the local and national outlets. So it's even that is like, yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm no longer really interested. You know, like I'm not interested in what they're trying to tell me anymore. I just like, yeah, I get it. This is what you're trying to tell me. I get it. I don't care. You're trying to make me think this about that, but it doesn't matter to me anymore. It doesn't work on me. I'm done. I'm going to follow the people who've proven reliable to the best I can and make my own decisions on what I think is actually true. And that's it. I can't be told what to think. And the more you realize that it's just manipulation, it's not news, then the less... And is
1: that getting worse, or is it always been that way? uh,
0: I think it's, I don't know, but I think it's probably always been that way. But it's maybe getting worse because they're more desperate, right? It was easier, they didn't have to worry as much, there was no other sources, it was hard to find other sources, now it's easy. So now it's, you know, and of course there's a lot of charlatans like just peddling totally fake news conspiracy theories that it really are just crazy, unhinged, unfounded conspiracy theories. And that's part of the ecosystem. I mean, it just is. But that's why you have to sift through who's reliable and who's not. But definitely do not take your cue as to what's a conspiracy theory from what the mainstream believes and what, you know, people outside the mainstream believe. That is not the barometer for what's true. That's just the barometer for what is allowed to be called a conspiracy theory. Last thing I want to say is did you see the Dave Chappelle thing on uh, Netflix?
1: That's my final note here in front of me is to recommend that. I, yeah, I did. Yes.
0: I just saw a clip from it where he basically like, just calls out the audience for like, just not being able to take a joke anymore. And I love that. But I haven't watched the special, but I definitely want to watch the special.
1: So it's getting backlash. The PC police are out in full force with it. It definitely hurt some feelings, but, uh, I loved it. I had a friend who said, definitely watching. I was skeptical. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 recommend it. And that was my last thing I was going to say for my, for my, um, uh, my, my last recommendation of the week was, was the Chappelle show. So it's funny you, you brought it up beforehand, but yeah, I, I watched it and, and really enjoyed it.
0: All right, cool. I'll check it out. Um, I also saw the first two episodes of succession. The first one was really good. The second one was, eh, but, uh,
1: I'll, Ooh, the last one was good. I think we're at four. Yeah, keep it going, man. I'm into this season. It's good. Keep keep okay. keep, keep it keep going.
0: Yeah. All right, all right, all right, man. Well, that's going to do it. So our picks. Let's recap the picks real quick before we break. We got the Eagles, Panthers, Giants, Cardinals, Cardinals, and Colts, Colts for now. Yep, we'll see the line. Looks for like now. a
1: strong start to the season. I can already tell.
0: Here we go. 40 and 1 I I would accept 40 and 1. I'll cave on the tie.
1: There you go. Split the difference. All right man, good times fired up for the season and uh yeah, good good, good talking lists and uh good luck.
0: All right man. Take it easy. Except for the
1: time. leagues in which except for the leagues in which we're yeah, Of tie. course.
0: Of course. All right.